Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Late Night Vision Show. This is episode 60. This is the first and the only podcast dedicated to all things night vision, thermal imaging, hog hunting, coyote hunting. If it has anything to do with hunting at night, we talk about it on this show. My name is Jason. I am the owner of Outdoor Legacy, specializing in night vision and thermal optics. And as always, I've got my co-host, the better half of this show, Hans East Texas from the world famous uh, Hans ETX YouTube channel. What about that, Hans? Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, hey, two good things have happened here recently. And I'm going to go them real quick. And then we're going to get to the show because we got a great show. Actually, I'm excited about this one because I'm excited about all of them. But, you know, we <laughs> have gotten a lot of questions about the uh, brand new Thermion XM38s and wanting us to compare it to the FLIR PTS 536. A lot of people have been asking about it. A lot of questions just because the specs are so similar, the, the magnifications are so similar. So people want to know what the difference is. But two things real quick I want to mention. I got a brand new Kawasaki mule uh, that I am riding around on. So I, I feel like I'm riding a Cadillac right now, riding across those uh, fields and everything. But uh, took my buddy Chase out hunting and he said, okay, stop, we're going to walk. And it was one of those, if you've listened to the show, my 200 yards is like, some you know it's, in real life is like five or six hundred no. yards no no it's not <laughs> two your 200 yards is three quarters of a mile but go on yeah so my buddy chase is like all right let's get out and walk the rest of the way and i said man i bought this thing to walk less i have <laughs> i've only have a limited amount of calories i don't have any more that i can burn i can't i don't have any more that i can afford to give up so i, I told him I, I bought it to walk less and not more but so that's a great thing i've man i've enjoyed the heck out of that thing and and uh it's, it's kind of been good luck. Every night I've taken it out, I've gotten something, whether it be hog or, or coyote. Um, also, man, I'm going to show it right now if you're watching on YouTube. I've got a brand new uh, single action revolver. Now, Jason's got a couple of these. I bought a couple because they were on sale. It's a 20, well, I, I put a 22 mag cylinder in it, but it is a 22 LR uh, when you get it out of the box. Single action revolvers. Anybody that knows me knows that I am. Uh, I love single action revolvers. He's a cowboy and at heart. You, you know, when I go, now I wear that thing on the field, boy, I feel like John Wayne. My <laughs> goodness. I strap that holster on. I put them strings around my leg. You know, boy. Hey, you know what I'm talking about. Strap them strings around my leg. Golly, I feel so, I feel so good. Let me tell you something. And, uh, he feels like John Wayne and looks like Barney. <laughs> it looks like Barney. I only carry one bullet in it. But I tell you what, it's, uh, it's, I love it, man. I love it. And, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's our, it's my hog finisher, the pig finisher. So when I go up there and they're still, uh, not a hundred percent gone, it, it makes them gone. It gets them gone. Yeah. Th so those are, been working out those good. are fun little guns. You know, we, uh, we don't do gun reviews on here, but maybe we should. We both bought those things. We both bought two of them. They were dirt cheap, yeah, $99 a piece. Uh, I know, yeah. but, but golly, you know, it reminds me of my, my dad when I was younger you know, we watched three things. We watched Bonanza, we watched The Rifleman, and then we'd watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, back in wow. the early 80s, you know. You, so, you it, it gosh, first. you know, <laughs> it makes me feel like, you know, I'm back in Bonanza or something. I don't know. But it's awesome. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to, we'll move on. We're learning way too much about your childhood. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ted, when I walk out, I may look like a dud, but when I walk out in the field, I feel like a stud. That's oh, all that matters. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> folks. It's getting deep. We better get to the show yeah. quick. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, so uh, like I said today, we are going to be comparing and contrasting the 
the FLIR PTS 536 and the Thermion XM38. Jason and I have used these scopes a bunch. And Jason uh, came up with this really cool contraption. Uh, if you're on social media, I'm pretty sure you posted the I picture. I don't know if I posted it yet. It, I've got pictures. I may have just been too okay. busy to post it. I, I will. Well, he, I'll probably post it by the yeah. time this podcast comes out. He is doing some scientific research out there, but he mounted a uh, you know, a piece of wood on top of a tripod with some Picatinny rails, and he's got two different scopes lined up, and one of them was a XM38, the other one was a 536. We're we're ready to talk about, uh, you know, both of them, line them up side by side, and and give us, you know, the, you know, give our preferences. I was trying to hold these things up. I've got both of them right here on my desk, uh, okay. and I can't hold them up. I got a microphone in the way. I I, I can't hardly <laughs> hold them up side by side. But okay, folks, I'm going to jump in because we've got a lot to talk about with these two optics, and I wrote down. Uh, some of the most important specifications of these two. Uh, some people might find this extremely boring, me reading off specs. I know other people tell me they really like it to be able to hear about them side by side and then us kind of, you know, quickly just comment if there's a difference that matters. So I'm going to go through these quick as I can and I want to just jump in here. So the Pulsar Thermion XM38 is a brand spanking new optic uh, as of June. 2019 it's only been around uh, a few weeks uh, i guess maybe a month now or so give or take and the retail price is 32.99 now you've got the in comparison the FLIR thermosite pro pts 536 it's been around a couple years and it is has it been around that long i'm just thinking back I think so. Uh, it yeah. is thirty-seven ninety-five now. Right now, I know that FLIR is running some deals on this optic, now, a little bit less money. But from what they've told me, the thirty-seven ninety-five price is is going to go back and be very firm and, and enforced. And uh, I think the end of July. So anyway, whatever that's worth, thirty-seven ninety-five versus thirty-two ninety-nine. Now both these scopes uh, are very similar resolution. The XM38 is a 320 by 240. Uh, the FLIR is a 320 by 256. So essentially, they're the same. They're both running at 12 microns. The Pulsar runs on a Euless core, and the FLIR runs on a Boson core, which is made by FLIR. They are both four power base optical magnification. That's where they start, four power. They both have... Um, a 4x digital zoom so they'll go up to 16 power uh, again digitally uh, the xm38 has an am oled display the 536 has an flcos which is a type of liquid crystal display uh, the am oled is considered to be a little bit better for what it's worth but nothing wrong with flcos and the uh, pulsar xm38 is at 50 hertz the 536 is a 60 hertz uh, refresh rate. Uh, again, don't worry about it. Th those numbers are negligible. They're, they're equally as good. Uh, batteries. So the Pulsar has two types of batteries. It has an internal, non-removable, rechargeable battery, and it has a removable battery that goes on the top. If you've seen some of our other podcasts, you've heard us talk about those. Uh, but again, you've got two batteries, one removable, rechargeable, one that is, uh, you know, you have to plug the scope in to charge that. Uh, and I want to just real quick touch on this. Last week on the show, we did a full review of the XM38. And while we were doing the show, I was still doing 
uh, a timed test of the battery life on the XM38. And I wanted to give a report on that uh, when it finished. And it really surprised me. Now, where is, here we go. XM38, I saved this on my phone. I got a screenshot of it. The APS2 battery, which goes in the top, uh, that is the standard battery that comes with it. Uh, it ran two hours and 23 minutes. And the internal battery um, that, uh, you, again, you can't pull out, uh, ran, this shocked me, really surprised me, uh, three hours and 49 minutes, a little bit over that, about three hours and 50 minutes for a grand total of six hours and almost 13 minutes. So that's one, and I'm not going to go on this rabbit trail, but that is why you shouldn't just estimate how long battery life is because Hans and I talked about it and neither one of us thought that thing was getting over four hours of battery life. And that was just us guessing like, well, I think I used it 15 right. minutes here, 30 minutes there that it's, it's very hard to judge that. So yes. over six hours of battery life. Now, again, that's just running the unit. 70 degrees, 75 degrees, whatever, inside the house. I did turn it off and on a few times and stopped the stopwatch uh, when I had to go do things. But that's not recording video. That's not a whole bunch of boot-ups and, you know, shutdowns. So for whatever that's worth, we'll talk more about that later. But I just wanted to mention that. The FLIR, on the other hand, runs off of two CR123A batteries. Uh, I'm not going to even say what the battery life is. It's good. I don't know. If I say I'll be wrong again, a couple hours. Uh, mm -hmm. both scopes have the ability to run off of a uh, USB external battery pack, just a standard $30, $40 battery right. pack you can buy at Walmart. They'll both run off of that if you need it. The XM38 will record video and audio. The audio is not currently enabled right now. They're having uh, a problem getting the audio and video synced. Not uncommon. They will get that fixed and they will enable that via a firmware update. So it will have audios hopefully soon. The uh, 536 is video only. There is no microphone. The XM38 does have a uh, smartphone app for streaming to a smartphone or tablet. There is no option for streaming in the 536. The Pulsar has a picture-in-picture -picture feature. No option for that in the 536. Uh, the Pulsar has a one-shot zero. I wouldn't really call it one shot. I might call it three shots, but they have that feature. <laughs> the FLIR does not. The overall length of the XM38 is 15.5 inches compared to 10.2 inches on the 536. So it's definitely a, a good uh, five inches longer. Uh, then there are color palettes, different color palettes in both scopes. And there are also uh, different color reticles in both. Now, this is something that hasn't been an option previously in the other Pulsars. The Thermions are the first Pulsar thermal rifle scopes that have had this option. So I've had people ask me if you could do that in the past. You can't. Almost done. We're going, moving along. The, the uh, XM38 has a recoil rated for up to a 375 H&H. &H. The 536 is recoil rated for a 308. Uh, the XM38 has a 32 millimeter objective lens compared to a 50 millimeter objective lens on the 536. The field of view uh, is 30 foot at 100 yards on the 38, and it's 24 foot at 100 yards on the 536. Uh, 
two things. I did skip an important thing. The 38 weighs 1.66 pounds. That is without amount. And the 536 weighs 1.78 pounds. And I'll be honest, I don't know if that's with or without amount. FLIR does not say. Um, but 1.66 versus 1.78 um, I, I didn't weigh on myself. I was in a rush, uh, but I have mounts on both of them, so I'm not sure. Anyway, they're going to be very similar in weight. The FLIR may weigh a little bit more. Very last thing, speaking of mounts, the FLIR does come with a pre-attached, a quick-detach American Defense Manufacturing mount. The Pulsars do not. Uh, you can use any 30-millimeter rings or single-piece 30-millimeter ring set. It is worth mentioning when we talk about price that that is included with the FLIR and you know you're talking about probably saving depending on what mount you buy anywhere from 100 to 200 dollars so that does need to be factored into the FLIR for what it's worth and that is a mouthful uh, I'm sorry it took <laughs> so long but there you can see though just going down those they are very very similar scopes well, go get you a drink of I water. am right so, now you know, I have to say, I'm pretty surprised by the weight being so close. I never would have guessed that. To me, me it seemed like the the 536 would be uh, quite a bit heavier, especially with that 50 millimeter objective lens yeah. on it. But I'm I'm pretty shocked by that. But again, you know, with the Thermion, and we've talked about in the past, that weight's pretty balanced. So here we go. What people want to know, and what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the image quality and compare it between both scopes because that's what that's when people call that's all they care about which one looks better and i'm going to let you know y'all uh your hosts do not always agree about everything um but i think we've talked this out a bunch you and i we've had several discussions about this and it how we haven't always agreed but what i would say and what i would feel and i think now that you would agree as well that the uh FLIR pts 536 has a slightly uh, better image quality. And when I say slightly, we're looking at maybe a less than 10% better picture quality. So almost, almost, um, you know, it would be hard to tell, but I think that it does. I think it does have a slightly better picture image. And hopefully I'm not saying anything that you, that you changed your mind on since the fifth or sixth time that we've had no, this we, discussion. We, we discussed it. Yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. I, I'll jump yes. in here and say this. Um, before I put them side by side, um, I said they had the same image quality. I said, it's the same. There's just, I mean, I was willing to, to argue that I said, Nope, Nope. They're good. It, it had been, I mean, I'd been looking at the 536, you know, a week before I just hadn't put them side by side. And even the first time I threw them up side by side, the conditions were terrible. It had rained. It was just just nasty conditions. I said, man, the, I think the Pulsar might even be better. And then once I built my fancy redneck contraption to, to <laughs> rig two of these things uh, up at once, I, I did. I've run these side by side for, I mean, I'm talking literally side by side looking through them for a couple hours. And I've got a lot of, of hog footage uh, from these and hopefully be... Uh, releasing some of that, putting them in a video form and getting them out there. But uh, I have to say that the FLIR is slightly better. It is slightly sharper. You get a little bit more of a detail. You know how if you've seen it, and Hans has got some great video out with the 536 where 
He's got some hogs and deer up close. And you get this almost odd for thermal, this detail in the animal. Um, when, you know, not just this white blob, there's some detail. And I see a little bit of that in the, the can't even say it, the Thermion. But I do think that it's a little bit better in the 536. So I would have to say, you know, it's, you're, Han said, you know, less than 10%. We're just making up numbers here. But, you know, I would say, I don't know, 5 to 8%. I mean, 10% would, <laughs> 10, 10% would be a maximum, I would say, that it, it's right. no better. So there's there's a lot of you out there that say, okay, I've heard everything I need to hear. Yep. I can stop Done. the video or I can stop the podcast. Yeah, but let me tell you this. Because it the 536 may have a 5% better picture quality, that does not mean it's a better scope. So hang on and keep listening because there's still a lot more to talk about with this thing. But as far as with the image quality comparison, I think Jason and I are in both agreement. It does have a very slight the 536 has a very slight advantage over the the thermion and, uh, and this is you know looking at the the specifically the xm38 yeah, and, yeah and the, we're, we're comparing these two scopes i'm not comparing mm-hmm. uh any other xm models uh you know i'm not comparing xp models we're comparing these two scopes and one thing that i want to say that i did notice uh, i noticed the better image quality in the FLIR on the good nights there was a night I went out where it was not rainy conditions, but it had you know rained earlier in the day. It was really was, was, fog was kind of setting in in my my bottom in that pasture, and it was pretty crazy because the five thirty six could see almost nothing. I could barely see my cows down there, and the XM thirty eight was cutting right through it and had a remarkably good image. So the point I'm making is I think there's some trade-offs there. And I don't know, I don't know exactly why or how. I was shocked. I mean, I thought something was wrong with the, the 536 for as good as the XM38 was looking. But uh, again, uh, I, I do. I think right here, Hans and I are both going to agree. We've got to put the the check mark in the mm-hmm. the you know FLIR box over here for slightly better image quality. Don't don't give it a full size check mark, but give it a little okay, a little, a little check mark. Right. Well, <laughs> I want to talk about some of the the strengths of each scope, and and I'm gonna throw in my two cents, and Hans can throw in his. Uh, you know, I think the both these scopes have a lot of of strong points. I think we could sit here all night and and you know talk about what they are. I think that again, image quality, uh, you know, maybe that the slightly stronger point on this. Uh, 536. I do like a larger objective lens, but in reality, and and you know what, that objective lens, 32 millimeters versus 50, that may be part of that image quality difference. Uh, but I would say that the the pulsar is doing pretty darn good with the the 32 millimeter. I think that this is a place where the strengths to me of the pulsar, um, they're limited. Meaning, on its own, it's a strong scope. When you compare it to the to something like one of these thermions, I think it starts to shrink up. It's the first real perfect competitor it's had. I think the strengths of the 536 is that it's built like a brick house. I mean, if you feel this scope, I mean, anybody who's held one, it just feels like you could drop it off the roof onto the concrete and it's going to bounce around and it's still going to work. <laughs> uh, it is a very rugged design. I am not saying that the Thermion is not rugged. I don't think we've had them long enough to know. It feels good, but it definitely feels more delicate than this 
this just feels like something, you know, the military would be using. It really does. And so I, does. I think that's it a does. strength. I think the biggest strength to me, though, on the 536 is really just going to be the batteries. I mean, that's a huge deal to me is to be able to, you know. You're talking about the strength on the XM38. What did I say? I don't know what I said. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the XM38. I think it's the batteries. Yeah. I mean, that's that that may seem minor, but that's a a really big deal mm-hmm. to me is the battery life. And, and I really uh, think that that's, if I had to choose it, that's what it'd be. Oh, well, you know, I, I, I agree. I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head with all those. Um, it, I have uh, used the 536 a lot. It is a very durable scope. Um, you know, it's, it, it can, well, not that any of them ever that I ever had took it too, too much of a beating, but they're known for the, for their quality yeah. and you know, the, the quality of the product. Um, we, we know a lot of people, we're friends with a lot of people. We, you know, we've sold to people that have the 536 and absolutely love it. Uh, I think, uh, one of the big strengths with it, um, is that it's very easy to use. You know, the, the side end process to me, uh, is very simple on a flare. For some reason, I, I can get those things sided in very quickly, and I, I just uh, and I don't know why. It just seems very easy to do. Um, the menu, I think, if you look at the menu mm-hmm. of the five thirty six, yes. it can be overwhelming. But no. if you stay away from all of those other settings well, and just go with the presets, you know, I, it makes. I, it I would argue there and say that the, the menu is much simpler on these flares. Uh, if, if you get in, you're right though. If you get in to try to, to yeah. look at all the changing, oh, yeah. like all the image, st- yeah. oh man, that's, don't do it. Just, yeah. just stick with one yeah. of the presets, but the basic right. menu, I think kudos to Fleer. You turn, I mean, you turn it on, there's like five options in there. Any, five any options, moron yeah. can figure out what they are. When you get into yeah. the, the, the Pulsar menu, there is no question. There's, there's two rows. There's like menu one and menu two, and it can get confusing because yeah. the symbols don't always make sense. Yeah, the FLIR, the FLIR setup and menu can be very easy as long as, you again, you stay, you know, we have a tendency to want to hit buttons and mess with stuff and adjust stuff. But if you just get in there and set the presets, you should be okay. And mm-hmm. Unless you're more advanced and you know what a lot of these things do, then, then mess with it. But, you know, again, I think uh, with Pulsar, the strengths, again, you're, you're talking about a, a quality company that uh, time and time again puts out a quality product. And, um, it, you know, we've... I don't think we've ever, you know, not liked something that Pulsar put out and, yeah. and, you know, they continued on and, and I'm going to, you know, we've talked about it and we kind of beat it to death, but we were really concerned about the design of the scope mm. and we, we had some questions about it and we didn't know if we were going to like it. We didn't know if uh, the end users and consumers were going to like it, but we both got one in our hand. I think we kind of fell in love with the design of, of the scope. And, you know, now I think we're coming around where we prefer it. Uh, based on that look compared to the the traditional boxier thermal look. I agree. Um, but, you know, the strength, uh, one of the biggest strengths with Pulsar is always going to be uh, associated with the name of the company and the quality products that they continually put out. Uh, and they do so in a, you know, uh, uh, in a way that, uh, it, the, you know, things are set up where it's easy to use for the consumers. Um, and, you know, they can get out in the field right away and, start getting to work, you know? So I, I do believe, and I, I do agree with your strengths. Um, what I want to talk about though, 
the weaknesses of each. And <laughs> the weaknesses, I think, are going to be, you may sound uh, some similarities mm-hmm. in the weaknesses because... I bet I know uh, I'll I, start I, I the, bet I know where this is going. We have not discussed <laughs> all this. We, we have a no, basic we outline. We did not say this is what we're going to say. We have, I have no clue what he's about to say, no. but I bet... I know, and for anybody who's watching on YouTube, I'm going to be touching where I think that it is going to be. If you're watching on YouTube yeah. right now without saying it, I bet I know what he's going to say. Go ahead. Yeah, so with the 536, um, the the focus to me Told is a big ya. weakness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the focus being, um, I think whenever you can... Uh, when when the animal's sitting still, you can get a real tight focus, a very crisp looking picture. Mm-hmm. But I think as soon as that hog, uh, if you start shooting and they run, or if that hog runs away from you twenty yards or so, it almost seems completely out of focus. And you know, it is uh, uh, it, they do they do not have to move far for that for that. It's a very uh, short range of focus. Absolutely, there you go. Took the words right out of my mouth. You know, with our pulsar trails. Jason and I have talked about the focus for a while, but the the Pulsar Trails, it seemed like you'd focus that thing and you would not touch it again for another week. I wouldn't. I can tell you, I would not touch it. And and Hans knows, and a lot of y'all that listen, we shoot things at at 30 yards and we're looking Mm. at at hogs and coyotes at 500 yards. And I never touch the focus on my trails. So there is a short range uh, focus for the 536. I think that um, my you know my experience with it, I think that's probably one of the biggest weaknesses of it. Um, so the biggest weakness of the Thermion, <laughs> the focus is, uh, huh, to me is similar the, is the big <laughs> is the biggest weakness, and I don't know why it is with both of them. But it's a different issue. I'm going to jump in here. It is, it, it's it, uh, it is different. Yeah, I'm going to say this. So I would say that the the Thermion XM38 has a short range of focus, but it is it is much wider, much longer than the 536, in my opinion. But what I fought, and I think Hans has had a similar issue, is the trying to get the perfect focus. And... Mm-hmm. This is a good time for me to just jump in here and say something too, all right? And that is, you have to remember that when Hans and I are using these scopes and and trying to get things in focus, we're not doing it just to shoot the animal, okay? We're doing it to try to get the best possible footage out that we know we're going to release, okay? So the average guy... I'll say this. I've sold a lot, and I do mean a lot, of 536s. I've already sold a lot of Thermions that are pre-sold. The guys are delivering them. I think these guys are sending me pictures. They're calling me, telling me how much they love the scope. Nobody has mentioned the focus, okay? So we are (laughs) very sensitive to this because we're not just trying to get video to put on Facebook or YouTube. We're trying to get video to put out to to put each scope of every manufacturer in the best light possible. And, right. and, you know, again, we want to be fair to it. And I don't want to put out blurry video because it's a user error. If it's the scope, that's fine. So with that said, the problem that I think we're both having on the Thermion is you focus and you, you feel like you, you don't know if you're quite there yet. Like, mm-hmm. am, I, am I all the way in? It's plenty good to shoot. 
it's plenty good to record yeah, and show plenty. your buddies, all right? But but we want to get that perfect focus. And then this is a weird thing. You go past it. I don't care which direction. You go past it just a little and you go, oh, I need to back up. And when you back up, you have to go way further than you just were. It's strange. I'm not it is strange. I don't know so, how that works. So you're right. So when you you get it to a point where you think it's pretty good focus in your mind. You're like, Oh man, I just, if I turn it just a little bit more, it'll be perfect. Well, you turn it a little bit more and then it's completely out of focus. Mm -hmm. And then, so you got to turn it back. And when you turn it back, it seems like you're turning a lot more than you should be. Um, but I, I feel like with the Thermion, um, I'm always working that focus right. and you're right. You're exactly right. For, for all of you out there that are just want to hunt and they don't care nothing about, anything else or what we do, but Jason's right. We are uh, recording video to, to put these scopes and show the best picture image that we could possibly put together. And that, uh, you know, with all those scopes, we're always working the focus as much as we can. So, um, but you know, I, I think those weaknesses are, are pretty comparable to each other. 536 and the, and the, uh, the XM38 Thermion. Um, so if I'd had to highlight the, the, the main thing for both of them and be that. Um, yeah, know. I agree. And, and folks, we're not trying to scare you to death because here's the thing. We've had this complaint about the 536 and, you know, the short range of focus. And, you know, we would say we're always focused. And I never have anybody say yeah. that. And I saw a someone that I really respect, a guy who knows thermal scopes. He's got flares, he's got pulsars, he's got a bunch of stuff. And he was uh he bought a uh I don't know if he bought it or was doing a demo, but he, he had a he had a Thermion mm -hmm. and he said that it was he thought it was one of the easiest scopes to focus and he loved it. Yeah. So I'm like Hey, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? What exactly. maybe it's just me. Uh, you know, so so for whatever all that's worth, I agree. I think both of those are are, are going to be the you know the the weakest point of both. Yeah. But again, for the average guy out shooting coyotes and hogs, that's probably going to be a minor yeah, issue. Not a, not an issue at all. all. Right. So moving along, I know we've got a you and I can talk about these things endlessly, but let's but but we're going to give at the end a final conclusion of which one we like and why i think if we've got to be able to back it up and, and explain which one we would choose uh, and and why a lot of times hans tries to tie me down on choosing one and i'm always like what conditions mm -hmm. i think these scopes are so so similar you've got to get backed in a corner you've got to choose one because they're they're both four power i'll I, I tell you what talking about specs and features i do want to bring this up right now so I think I might have mentioned this on another episode, but this is a perfect time to do it. There has been a lot of speculation uh, from a lot of people smarter than me that the, the PTS 536 and the 736 magnification, uh, what, what Flair said they were, was wrong. And a lot of people have always believed uh, that they were higher magnification than four power and then six power on the 736. And I believed it because it seemed like a lot. Yep. Uh, but I put these two scopes side by side, XM38 and the 536, and they are identical magnification. I mean, if there's any difference, I can't right. tell it. They are the same. I believe them to both be four power. And so I think that is settled hmm. now. I tell you what, I want to go back to one weakness, and, and I, I should have mentioned this. 
I think the weakness, and this is something that anybody's listened to Hans and I talk about the 536, we've always brought it up and it's the field of view. Mm. And it's that 24 foot field of view mm. at a hundred yards. Uh, and I'm going to compare that now to the 30 foot field of view on the XM30. And so when I first looked through these, I felt like the 536 at first glance had more magnification. And I'm going to like look through it, look to the 38 and go, oh yeah, it's got more. Well, it doesn't. What it is, it's a tighter mm. image. And so it kind of gave me that perception. But once I, I put them side by side and started looking, it's amazing what that six foot at 100 yards, how big of a difference that right. is. I mean, it will yeah. shock you. And if you think, oh, six foot, that isn't much. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's 20%. Yeah. And it adds up. And so anyway, Again, I'm kind of rambling here, but I think field of view is a really big deal on these, and I think that 30 foot makes a big difference. So I think that's a, a strength of the the five. I'm sorry, of the 38 over the 536. But well, I mean, I I can't argue with that. Sounds like sounds logical to me. But you know, uh, so goodness, what else do we go from here? I mean, we've given a lot well, of this. I think, <laughs> I think it's time to, I think it's time to, to, to hash it out. Let's really talk about this logically okay. side by side. I have had more phone calls in the last two weeks. Uh, I've got a guy who we played phone tag today. We never did get caught up. We're going to talk tomorrow. And his question flat out is, I want to know the difference in the XM38 and the 536, compare them. And I have heard that over mm -hmm. and over and over. And here's where I'm at on it. Y'all know we love Pulsar on this show. We do. They just make great products and we love them. Uh, I like the 536 for what it is. I think it's, I've told the guys, if you're a coyote hunter, if you're hunting farm country for hogs, it is a great scope for you. We've said it's not good for the shorter range stuff. I am backing up my ranges of what I'm saying the Thermion is good for, uh, XM38. And my reasoning is because of the wider field of view. Mm -hmm. So I don't, now I'm not going to say it's just a long range. I think it is more of an all around scope. Uh, I'm not saying it's what you want to use if you're shooting 30 yards all the time, but I do think that, that you can do it if you need to, and it's going to be better for that. But when I break these down, and I'm going to let, you know, I'm going to give you my two cents here as we kind of wrap this, and, and Hans can jump in and say if he thinks I'm wrong. But as, as rock solid as this FLIR is, the problem I'm having is that when you, when you get past the little bit better image quality, I have to look at the whole package. Mm -hmm. And with the Pulsar, I'm getting removable, rechargeable batteries. I'm getting picture-in-picture. Picture. I'm getting streaming to a smartphone, <clears throat> excuse me, or a tablet. I'm getting um, video recording with audio eventually when they get the <laughs> audio going, but they will. And so I've got that. There's a lot going on there with those features, and I'm saving $500 doing it. Yep. And so even if, and I had a guy last week say that he said, okay, but wait a minute, let's just pretend for a minute they're the exact same price. Which one do you choose? And I said, man, it's just tough. I think even if they're the same price, it's like, oh, 
So you just don't want a rechargeable battery pack. Yeah. You just don't want any of these options. And some people don't. I think if you want a scope that is simple, no features, I shouldn't say, I don't mean it to sound like that, but, but, you know, very limited features, not a lot of buttons to worry with menus to worry with. Mm -hmm. You don't care about, uh, battery packs and, and you don't care about audio and you just, you want the scope to go hunting and you want it to be as simple and rock solid as possible. I think the 536 great. It's proven. Mm -hmm. I think if you want any of those features though, or you just want to save a little bit of money and get the, basically the same quality scope. I think the 38 is a, is an extremely logical choice. And the one thing that I think Hans, you know, almost got to a while ago and didn't, and we can't negate it is the fact that we love Pulsar for a couple of reasons, but one of them is their customer service and warranty support. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to factor that in when you're buying a scope again, nothing negative against the FLIR, but there's just a lot going on uh, with the 38. So I'm not saying don't buy a, a 536. I'm not. I mean, look, I, I'm saying all this, and I've got them piled up on the shelf. Well, okay, they are in stock. <laughs> so it's I'm, I don't I don't hate them. Uh, you know, I, I've got a lot. Let's say I've got a lot of 536s, and I don't have any XM38. Well, so I'm not saying it to pad my no, pocket. You're definitely I not. think they're both good scopes, but but I I would personally choose the 38 because. I like the features. Yeah, there are people out there that are loyal to FLIR that call up and all they want to talk sure. about is FLIR. And if if that's you uh, or if you've got buddies that use the 536 and they like it, the 536 is a great scope. It will continue to be a good scope and a good seller for all thermal dealers. Uh, I will say, though, you know, along the line of what Jason said, flat out, uh, I think the best value, the biggest bang for the buck is going to be with the Pulsar Thermion because of all the features that are included in uh, because it's $500 less expensive. And, you know, it's like, uh, I've referred to this before, but having a Thermion on your rifle is like driving that brand new body style truck. And everybody's like, oh man, look at that thing. That looks good. You know, and they're still <laughs> driving in their, you know, two or three year old model truck and it, you know, they like it. It works great. It runs great, but man, look at that new body style over there. That thing looks good. It's got good curves, and man. Han, Han says that as both he and I do not drive. No, we, trucks. no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah. I can't justify when you're, you know, banging it off of trees all the time and everything else. I'd hate to, I'd hate to do that. But, uh, so, you know, it, it, the biggest bang for the buck, the, the best value. And I think, I think that's what, Pulsar has done so well uh, in the thermal market is just creating value in the product, not just a, a great product, but all the features, all the uh, the tangible uh, items that can, you know that, that that are included in the scope, um, and they've done that, and they they positioned themselves well with the scopes. Uh, I think you and I can agree that we were not excited about the magnification levels increasing, but uh, that was out of a lot of people's control and they're here and they're not going anywhere. So we just kind of have to deal with it, you know, and you know, if you're not into the higher magnifications, you know, the four power with the XM 38, there's the XM 30 that's coming that has a little bit less 3.3 magnification, or you can step up into a 640 resolution with the XP models. Um, but yeah, and you're not going to go to FLIR to get lower magnification. Absolutely. You're, you're, I mean, they've got a they got a 1.5 power scope that is uh, the co perfect competitor to Pulsar's RXQ. Mm -hmm. Again, great competitors. I know in that one, I cannot get Hans to choose the RXQ. That's the one place We've nobody already... can say that Pulsar's paying us off because no matter what, 
I mean, I think if if they did something and and that that two two three or two three three, sorry, I always said that wrong. I think if that thing was like pink polka dotted, he'd still choose it. He cannot not choose that thing. So, yeah. But uh, I, I think right. you're. I think you're, you're. I think you're right. Here's what I would like to see. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I would like to see Fleer lower the minimum advertised price for the 536 to match the Thermion. Yep. And then what I think it would do is it would allow a guy to say, hey, you know, and I have guys that, that call me all the time to say, I do not want video recording. I don't even want it to be an option in the scope. I mean, I had a guy today who told me that he would pay thirty-five dollars to $3,800 and pay more to get a scope that did nothing but turn on and shoot. Mm-hmm. He didn't want any option of video recording. He didn't want any option of streaming. He didn't want any of that. And he said, I will pay more because I don't even want it in the scope. Yep. And so there's guys who don't want those features. And I think that if these were the same price, it would make the 536 very appealing to that guy. Maybe the older guys who, uh, you know, and I, you know what, I'll say that. I'll say it right now. If you're older and you are concerned about, you know, some of the technology and some of the 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 features and things, the menus. I think the five thirty six is a great option for that because it is pretty darn simple out of the box. Right. Well, if you have any questions and if you're interested in purchasing any either the five thirty six or the XM thirty eight Thermion, please give Jason a call over at Outdoor Legacy Gear. You can find his website at outdoorlegacygear.com. You can call him at eight seven seven three five zero one eight one eight. And let me tell you, y'all. He, his phone was ringing off the hook today, so I'm surprised he even has a voice. Uh, but give him a call if you're interested in that or any other night vision or thermal scope. And, and I'm going to go off script because he doesn't know I'm going to say this, but I would like to make a plea with everybody. Please uh, support your thermal and night vision dealers. I know that it's easy to uh, search on the Internet and click a button and, and not have to talk to anybody. But if you're a, a supporter of the hog hunting community, of the, the coyote hunting community, night vision and thermal in general, uh, please support your uh, thermal and night vision dealers. They, they put a lot of work, a lot of time and effort into this. this is a, uh, there's many good dealers out there and, and those that do it, and this is their full-time job. This is how they pay uh, for all their bills. This is how they you know uh, put food on the, on the table, but this is their full-time job. And uh, they're out here, uh, really, Jason, working harder than anybody else that I know to produce content, to do reviews, to do scientific research on all this stuff. And uh, so if you support the hog hunting community, if you want to see this uh, industry continue to thrive and to grow, please support those that are out there working hard for you and working harder than anybody else for customer service. Give Jason a call. There's a lot of good dealers out there. Uh, Jason is definitely one of those. And uh, uh, please uh, give him a call and please support those dealers because it is very important for the future success of this industry. So, yeah, thank you very much. And I'll just say this. When he says supporting the dealers, he's talking about the little guys. Like I say little guys, I mean (laughs) us, not not the, the, the big nameless, faceless 
online stores of I wasn't you know gonna name any names. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna name any names. Yeah. I'm just saying that yeah, you know what we're talking about. Somebody that's owned by a mom and pop. Yeah. And I'll say one last thing and then I'll I'll shut up about it. I, I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate all our customers and the support that we get from people that listen to the late night vision show. And uh I will say that there are a lot of other good dealers. Uh Hans and I are friends with some of these other guys and, and they are good guys and uh I don't mind, you know, competing with them, friendly competition and, and them getting the sales but but support the guys who are out creating the content, providing the customer service, and doing something for the industry. Mm-hmm. We're all consumers. We all want to save a buck. I totally understand that. I mean, when I buy things, I want to buy them cheap as well. But uh, try to support the guys, yeah. even if it's not Outdoor Legacy, the guys who are out there actually doing something for the community mm-hmm. and not just trying to make extra beer money and selling stuff, you know, out of the back of their pickup as cheap as they can. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, for whatever that's worth, uh, I do appreciate it. And, and folks, uh, I want you to support Hans. Uh, Hans has got a great YouTube channel. You can find that over at uh, Hans ETX. Uh, search that on YouTube. You can also find him on Instagram and uh, he is—he uh, posts more stuff on Instagram than anybody knows. And they're always great pictures. And what gripes me about him is that he goes out there and he takes like two pictures and they oh, turn yeah. out and they look like frameable <laughs> stuff. And I got to take 40 and Photoshop and hope that you can even see the pig in there. But, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, be, be sure to check him out, um, uh, you know, on YouTube and Instagram. I'm, I'm, thank you for that. I'm, I'm much better at taking pictures at night than I am during the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as always, y'all, thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been, did we even say episode 60? Episode 60 of the... I think I... Maybe. Maybe it started. I'm not sure. That's all right. Episode 60 of the Late Night Vision Show. We will be back next week. Hey, we got some good interviews coming up. Some things that I think are going to be very interesting topics. So stay tuned for that. Also, uh, we're going to have a lot of Thermion talk, y'all. We've got some new Thermions coming out. And as they hit the dealers, we will be testing them out in the field uh, and making sure that you have all the information that you need, need to make the most educated decision possible when buying these scopes. Appreciate everybody out there, all my hunting buddies out there that invite me to go hunting. Uh, appreciate all those invites, and I wish I could get out there more with y'all. But, hey, uh, go check us out, the Late Night Vision Show on YouTube. Uh, you can also um, please subscribe on YouTube. That channel's growing. But you can follow us on uh, Facebook and also like us on or follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. And also, if you uh, want to email us or give us a call, you can email us at the Late Night Vision Show at gmail.com or give us a call. 903-833-4461. It's uh, voicemail and text only. So uh, Jason will not be picking up that phone. He can barely pick up his own. <laughs> so I'm going to say one more quick thing about that. We do want your voicemails. We do want your comments. We do want your emails. The amount of emails and voicemails that we're, we're getting is increasing every week, and it is very, very difficult. Uh, we can't call you back. Um, on those, mm-hmm. even text messages, it's it's very tough. Uh, emails, we do our best to reply when we can. Uh, sometimes people will, will email and ask some very detailed questions. I would say this, if you're interested in buying a scope and, and you need to know that info, just call yeah. me. I mean, Hans gives the number. Just give me a call. Uh, we do. We want your emails. And if you have a question, I mean, it's something you want us to talk about on the show, send it. I just don't want anybody to get their feelings hurt and think that we're, we're not trying to reply. We are. Sometimes it's just yeah. two or three weeks and it, it's just very <laughs> tough to get through all of those plus our business and personal emails. Well, when so. we started this podcast, I think we were going to be, you know, li- you know, playing to about 
a dozen people, <laughs> and and, uh, we didn't, and, mo- and th- those <laughs> and and six of those had our last yeah, name. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the popularity <laughs> of the show has exploded, and we have gotten more emails than we even know what to do with. But we're trying, so please bear with us. So uh, we'll check y'all out next week again. Every Thursday, a new podcast is dropping. Uh, for Jason and I, we want to say thank you. We'll see y'all next week. Stay safe in the fields and keep making them bacon pancakes. <laughs>